Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Business Builders. I'm your host, Charles Stannis. Today's episode is about working remotely and how to create a happier employee who gets more done. Remote work can be an amazing opportunity for organizations and their employees, but it isn't for everyone. Today, we'll cover everything from the benefits of working remotely, how to manage your team and employees, and even the importance of having a great structure. But first, let's meet today's guest, Pete Zimmick. Pete is the CEO of Novi AMS, an association management software company built for associations by associations. Pete, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So I'm super excited about today's topic. Um, I know it's definitely been a hot topic considering everything that we've gone through the last year and, um, you know, whether people are have shifted and are now working for themselves or people are, um, you know, just kind of starting up. They, they, they now have the time to kind of um, create that business that they've always wanted to. They're starting up and they're trying to figure out, um, you know, whether working remotely is a good fit for them and their team. Um, so with that being said, why don't you give a little bit of background and history on yourself of why um, you are a big fan of working remotely? Yeah, so I like to say that I've been working remotely since before it was cool. Basically, I started, uh, I started in sales like many of your chamber members. And at that point, my office was really the car. And I really didn't see a point in driving to the physical office uh, for my company, only to then leave again. I would just go straight to my first appointment for the day. So I sort of naturally started off as a remote worker. And when I went into business for myself, um, my first real tech job, my first real tech company, I sort of looked around and said, well, why do I need to work in an office? Why do we need that extra expense? And quite frankly, do I really want to waste that extra two hours of my day dealing with the commute and dealing with lunch and all the rest? So just really created it, created that company right out of my house. And like many of your, like, like many of you guys know, uh, back in the day when you'd have a company like that that was remote, the first thing you did was you went and found an address because you weren't considered legitimate without one. And I think one of the best things that the pandemic has done is it showed everyone just how legitimate remote work is and that remote work doesn't mean just doing your laundry all day and watching your kids. Remote work actually means working remotely. Yeah, and I know I can speak for a lot of people when the biggest thing that, that always comes to their mind is that commute, right? You don't have to deal with it. If you're going into a big city or if you're driving, you know, 20, 30 minutes from the suburbs into another city, it's probably the first thing that comes to everyone's mind. Um, so that's awesome. Um, I guess let's let's kind of jump right in. Um, what in your mind would be something that someone needs to look at first when thinking about whether or not working remotely is a right fit for their company? So I guess to break that down even more, you know, when we talk about it, there's definitely benefits for not only the business and the employer, but also the employees as well, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there are a slew of benefits both for the employer and the employee. On the employer side, I mean, you've got obviously no commute. Your team is ready to work when they first, uh, you know, when they first basically get to work, they don't have to waste their time. It's environmentally friendly. So you're not dealing, if that's something you're concerned about, you're not dealing with uh, pollution and that sort of thing. You've got a healthier team. I mean, how many times do you have somebody come to work, they've got the sniffles, and then all of a sudden the rest of your team is sick as well. I mean, at least when you're working remotely, you don't have to sort of take a big step back when you see that person sneeze for the first yeah, time. Especially now with everything that's going on, people are a little, little hesitant about all that. Yeah, I mean, we got to remember there are a lot more things in COVID. And, you know, it's, it's good to know that we're sort of dispersed a bit. 
uh, and sort of naturally socially distant before we even knew that term. I, I think there's some other things too, uh, when, it, when you're looking at it, the employer side of it, you've got much better employee retention. I can't tell you how many uh, employees we've been able to hire specifically because they needed to move from one city to another and their, their boss just wouldn't allow it. And they ended up joining our team because of it. And you got to think the best employees, and this really goes to, you know, kind of a recruitment side of things, the best employees are, are, are not really available often. I mean, it's very hard to find the top tier. They're not really looking for jobs, but if you've got uh, if you will, are willing to give them the ability to work from wherever they need to work, you've got a much better chance of, of grabbing those folks. I'd say, I'd say the, the, the last thing here would be higher pro productivity. I mean, if you think about it, how many times when you're in that brick and mortar environment, you've got folks just kind of walking by and going to the water cooler and that sort of thing. And in remote work, you really don't have so much of that. You don't have team members just constantly uh, interrupting your work all day. So, you know, I, I even hear it from some of my customers who are in the office today. They say, well, for, you know, that heads down project, I have to work from home. There's no other way that I can get it done. I think that's a, a consideration there. Could you, know? you elaborate a little bit more on that in employee re um, retention aspect? Because I think that that plays a big role in it. You know, you, you had touched on, you know, usually the best employees aren't necessarily available. And I feel like, you know, you, you kind of hit it on the head where you said, you know, you're kind of leveling that playing field, right? Where now you're able to provide something that maybe your competitors aren't. Absolutely. I mean, I've got, I've got an employee who she was running it, the equivalent of a chamber of commerce in a, in a small town, uh, in a military town. And her husband's in the Air Force. And he was lucky enough to be stationed in the same town at the same base for eight years or nine years. And she really, you know, she loved her job and she had no intention of, of leaving. Well, he's in the Air Force. Uncle Sam calls, tells you you need to move halfway across the country. Well, now what does she do? And she goes to a city that has very little, um, very little infrastructure and, and very little economy outside of the base itself. What is she going to do? Well, for us, it was wonderful. We were able to, uh, to recruit her and get her on our team and our customers actually absolutely love working with her. So that's sort of an example there of, of making sure that you can retain, not only go and get employees and recruit them, but also retain them. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, okay, so we talked a little bit about the benefits for the employer. What about the employees themselves? Well, yeah, I mean, speaking more about employees, I think it, it's those life changes, like you know, a husband or a wife needing to move. Uh, or all of a sudden having to realizing that now you need to go and, and take care of a family member, you know, maybe a, an aging parent or something like that. Um, I've seen even just the need for flexible schedules. So, you know, maybe you've got a, a, you've got a spouse who has non-traditional working hours, and now maybe you have a, a young child that you need to take care of. And if you're working in a remote environment, you're already set up for sort of that asynchronous collaboration uh, that would really kind of fuel those flexible schedules, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. Um, would you say that having your kind of own workspace, your own customizable workspace is a huge benefit for an employee? Because I know a lot of people, um, they have that extra office at home that, you know, for the longest time, it's just been kind of empty, right? 
they haven't used it. But now if they're working remotely, they kind of have their own opportunity to basically, you know, shape it any way that they see fit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and for most of us, that means, you know, deciding maybe we want the standing desk or, you know, we want the, you know, whatever sort of um, things that make that office feel like home, but you got to think, what if someone is uh, disabled? You know, I think remote work is, is phenomenal because it gives an opportunity for folks to be on a completely level playing field. Uh, and, and, and I think it's just, uh, again, it's a, a wonderful opportunity in that way. Yeah, definitely. Um, so looking back, if, if people have just started working remotely or they're thinking about it and, you know, maybe there's certain things that they obviously haven't thought of or don't think that they need to think of, um, can you kind of touch on a little bit of those aspects? Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you are an employer, there are a couple of things that you need to consider when you're when you're making this decision of do we sort of force our team back to the brick and mortar uh, work environment. I think the first thing is, you know, what's your business model, and do you have customer expectations? Do customers expect that they can walk into your place of business and that you will have someone there? So maybe you're a, a realtor uh, brokerage company and you know, there's an expectation that people can walk up to your front door and there's someone there doing desk duty. You know, in that case, you probably need to have at least some sort of hybrid uh, setup. You know, obviously the logistics as well. Like, do you have the type of, uh, do you have the type of job that is, that has a lot of uh, inventory or things that people need to kind of store? You know, that obviously those types of things you're not going to want in people's homes. You're going to need those in a very central place. A good friend of mine, he's a, he basically is an importer and a manufacturer of electric vehicles. And for him, that's never an environment that could be reproduced in people's homes. Right. But the sales side of it might be. Um, I, I think the, the more intangible side of it really comes down to your style as a leader. Are you that? leadership by walking around type person where you feel like you have to be really in the mix with your team? Or are you a micromanager? I mean, a lot of, a lot of us are, some of us aren't, but you know, if you're a micromanager, then you probably need to be in a place where you can look over your team members' shoulders and make sure that they're doing exactly what you expect. Yeah, that's so, a great, that's a great point. I think people need to really kind of look in the mirror and take a look at how they manage things. And like you said, their leadership style. And obviously, you know, there's going to be, you know, a, a right, a right and a wrong choice to that example. Um, what about from the employee side? I know you touched a lot about, you know, the management side, but what are the benefits for an actual employee who wants to work remotely? I think the very first question that an employee should ask him or herself is, do I need physical connections in my work? Do I need, am I a social butterfly where I have to have those trips to the water cooler? And if I don't have them, I'm going to go mad. Again, that's completely uh, understandable. It's normal for people to have that sort of need. If you're in that camp, you probably shouldn't be working remotely by yourself. It's a recipe for disaster. I think another question to ask yourself, and, and, and really you don't have to answer this out loud, but it's, do you have the self-discipline for remote work? Is this the sort of thing where if you are left alone for the entire day, are you going to do the things that you're supposed to do to help your company achieve their goals? 
or are you going to find yourself messing around on, you know, whatever this generation's version of Nintendo is? <laughs> so I, I think those are questions that you really need to ask yourself. Are you self-motivated? You know, are you going to buy into your organization's mission and do whatever it is that you need to do to help them achieve it while no one else is looking over your shoulder? Now, I think there's another piece to this as well. And the question is, are you assertive? If you think about it, if you're almost, if you're too introverted, then working remotely, you might be out of sight, out of mind. So I think as an employee, you need to ask yourself that question. Can I work remotely? And can I make sure to be assertive when I need to be? Yeah, no, that's a great point to bring up. And I would, I would assume that the environment of which their home is might play a big role in that as well, correct? Uh, say that again. So, you know, let's say if, um, you know, like if they have kids or, you know, if they have a spouse and their environment isn't really conducive to working at home, you know, obviously being able to stay motivated or stay assertive, you know, those things might be affected as well, correct? Yeah. So I would definitely look into your home environment and I would make sure that you've got your spouse, your kids, your other loved ones. They understand that during the day when your door is closed, that you truly are at work and you're not available to them as a top priority. Your top priority is the work that you're doing. I, I like to tell people, I, my, my mother-in-law, she came for a visit a few years ago and it was like, it's 2.30 on a Tuesday or some, you know, random time like that. And I'm walking into my office and she looks at me and she's trying to hold this conversation about nothing particularly important. And I'm like, I, I have to go. I have to go to work. And she said, what do you mean? She said, you work from home. You don't have to go to work. It's like, no, I, I really, I'm going to work. Like, I really do. <laughs> I really do. I have to go. I have to go. Speaking of that, have you found maybe some best practices or things that work for you in terms of, you know, making sure those types of uh, people aren't bothering you, whether it's as simple as like, hey, I'm going to put a sign up or I'm going to tell them ahead of time or I'm going to close my door or I'm going to make sure that no one bothers me from like, what is it, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., whatever your like no bother zone is. Are there things that have worked for you? So I'm a bit of an overachiever in this category. I may or may not have hired a contractor to come in and completely gut out the walls of my home office and put uh, very good sound insulation into those walls. And he also took an exterior door, very thick exterior door, and placed that in between the hallway and my home office. So, and the home office has a lock on it. So yes, what do I do? I close that door and it's basically a sound booth. Okay, so for those of us out there that can't construct a fully equipped sound booth, obviously we, we, we would want to start at things like, you know, making sure the doors close, telling our family, telling, the, you know, our friends around us, hey, this is when I work, that sort of thing. Absolutely, absolutely. Awesome. I think it's about communication for sure. Fantastic. Um, let's jump back to the employer side. What should they do to equip their employees to succeed from working at home? I think the very first thing that employers need to realize, in my opinion, is that the employee should never pay for them to make money. Meaning, the employee should not be on the hook to pay the costs that the employer has of running their business. 
The employer is the one with the business. The employer is the one that will hopefully have a net profit at the end of the year. And sometimes that net profit can be quite large compared to the employee's salary. So it is on us as employers to do the ethical thing and to make sure that we cover the reasonable business expenses of our employees the same way we would have in a brick and mortar environment. We're not gonna ask someone to show up with their personal laptop in a brick and mortar environment. And if you're doing that, honestly, you're doing something wrong. And you got, thing, you got quite a feeling for that. <laughs> I, I, absolutely. I mean, I, um, I, I think that this is about being ethical. I think there are a lot of employers that look at remote work as a, a great way to save money. And, and to a large extent, that's true. But I think as employers, we need to realize, again, we are the ones operating the business. These folks are helping us to achieve our goals and we need to support them. Yeah, very well said. So that infrastructure that you talked about, what does that look like? Are we talking about laptop expenses, um, internet expenses, right? I mean, these are all normal things that if you were working from a brick and mortar location, you would, you would have to pay for, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that there are three different pieces to your digital infrastructure. The first is obviously high speed internet. And most of us this day and age, we do have high speed internet coming into our homes. Uh, we're very lucky and blessed to have that. Not all of us do. I think that's something that we as employers need to realize that there might be folks who don't have high speed internet. In any case, in my opinion, it's on us as employers to pay a stipend towards the internet. So one of the things that I'll do is when someone comes to work with us, we'll ask, hey, tell us about your internet package. How fast is it? Let's test it with you. How much are you paying for that? And we don't pay all of it because that would be unfair, but we do pay a large stipend towards their internet. And sometimes that means helping them upgrade their internet capacity. Again, it's not just for them, it's also for us. I think that the second thing, and this is one that's often overlooked, but I found that it's actually the number one uh, cause of problems when it comes to digital um, infrastructure, and that's the router. How many people are working with a router that they bought 10 years ago? And I'll tell you, when things start to get slow for one of our team members on their, their home internet, the very first thing I do is send them with our corporate American Express to Best Buy or Amazon, you name it, and ask them to get the most expensive gaming router they possibly can get. Why? Because that's the one that's going to last the longest and it's going to be the fastest. And again, who benefits when our, employer, our employees are faster? We do as business owners. So that's the reason why I have no hesitation in buying a $400 router that yes, after five o'clock or after six o'clock is going to be used for the, the next Netflix series or kids uh, homework or, you know, Roblox or whatever they're doing. But at, at the end of the day, I mean, it's that eight or nine hours during the middle of the day when they're those that employee is diligently working for my company, I want to make sure that they're properly equipped. Yeah, absolutely. What, what about um, communication tools or software? So that would be the third piece here. And in the business, we call it software as a service or SaaS is a term that many people would, would hear. And this is a place that in the past, I've seen business owners really skimp. I've seen business owners 
say, well, I need a free tool or I can't believe I'm paying more than $5 a month for Outlook or whatever the case is. We need to realize that this is today's infrastructure. In 2021, this is our infrastructure, the same way that we had that old school phone system or the old school server back in the day in our office. Well, today we have things like Microsoft Office 365 or the, you know, Google or, you know, we've got Zoom, we've got Slack. I mean, there's so many different tool sets that we use and we just need to realize that this is an expense and it's something that's here to stay and something we need to budget for. I mean, I remember 10 years ago, I sat down with my business partner to look at our P&L and, and he's like, what is this category software? Why are we, why do we keep spending so much for software? And he gets it now because he runs a, a remote work uh, environment himself. But, you know, really, again, it's Slack, it's Zoom, it's our project management tools like Asana or Trello. You know, there's whiteboard software now, like we, we use something called Miro. I mean, there are so many different things that uh, really come together to create that infrastructure that allow our team members to really succeed. So at Novi, you had kind of listed a lot of software there at Novi. Do you guys use a combination of all of that? Is there one that kind of sticks out the most or? There's never going to be a, a silver bullet that just runs your entire business. I mean, you could make an argument that QuickBooks is one that's pretty ubiquitous. Everybody's heard of it. And yeah, it runs a huge portion of your business, your accounting, but there's so many more. I mean, just to kind of give the, the laundry list here. I mean, some that we use, we've got one called LastPass. And that allows us to save our passwords, not just for ourselves, but also, you know, there's so many tools that, you know, maybe I need to share a password, say to Facebook or something else. Um, we use it, use LastPass to, to, to both store and share securely those passwords. Obviously, Office 365, that's one that most people have. Um, maybe a Google Drive or a SharePoint or a Dropbox. I mean, I think that's today's version of the old school server that would sit in the server room, you know, 20 years ago. Um, Zoom, it's kind of interesting. I first saw Zoom probably, it might've been 2015, 2016 or so at a conference, the founder of Zoom was speaking and, you know, he's just talking about helping tech companies. And here it is, he's basically powering the world at this point. And, uh, but we've been on Zoom for quite a while. It's, it's kind of nice now that everybody's sharing their screen. Yeah, we, uh, we missed the, uh, the stocks on that one. That's for sure, but yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, anyways, now hopefully we have our employees kind of set up in their office, but um, how do we go about actually kind of, um, you know, making sure they're staying on track and managing our employees from a remote perspective? That's a great question. I think the very first thing that we need to look at is hiring the right people. You know, so we want to look for people who have a steady work history, who sh can show us as employers that they're the types of folks that we can trust. I, I don't really have to say it out loud anymore, but early in my career, I would tell people, you know, you can make a mistake, but if you lie to me, you're fired. And I, that's still the way I, I work. And thankfully, I haven't had many people lie to me, but um when you've got a remote team, trust is so, so important and you can't have folks that you don't trust. So it's finding people that you can trust. Uh, try to uncover when you're doing your interviews, try to uncover why do people wanna work remote? 
is, is why, what's their motivation? Oh, well, I want to be able to, you know, watch my kid and work at the same time. Well, that's kind of a recipe for disaster because watching your child, that's a full-time job in and of itself. So, you know, try to uncover that sort of motivation and, and find a way to determine if the personality is a good fit. I think when it comes to your day-to-day for us, we've basically assembled a, a structure that really helps to guide things. So every single day we have something called a stand-up. It's something that, you know, if you've been around a lot of software companies, it's something that was really popular uh, out in Silicon Valley and it sort of spread across the country. But every day, 15 minutes, our teams come together and ask the question, hey, what did we do yesterday? What are we going to do today? And then what um, problems or roadblocks have we had? And we sort of share that information across the team. So it's not an accountability session, but I'll tell you the peer pressure is real and you don't want to roll into the standup having not done anything. So that's definitely helpful. We work also, and this is again, just kind of a, a nod to us being a software company, but we work in sprints. So what is a sprint for us? That means we sit down on a weekly or a bi-weekly basis. We figure out what work needs to be done. We plan that work. We, people ask whatever questions they have. And then that's it. We leave it to the team to go off and to accomplish that work. Obviously, if they have issues, they can bring it up in a daily standup. But other than that, they know what work needs to be done. They know the time frame to do it in. And the team members will manage themselves. Would you say that you only, because you had mentioned your, your standups are roughly, what, 15, 20 minutes? Would you, say, would you say a lot of times you stick to that 15 minutes? Um, because I know, you know, when we talk about working remotely, having those, um, having those longer remote meetings can kind of tie into a lot of people's work time. So would you say you guys try to schedule other opportunities or other times to solve certain problems, or do you usually just try to get as much out as you can and then kind of work on things as they arise? Well, it's interesting because, you know, for decades and decades, people have been complaining about meetings, right? They, yep. nobody wants to go to a bunch of meetings. And for us, you think, oh man, I've got a meeting every single day. This is going to be horrific. Well, you'll notice, number one, we time limit the meeting to stand up to 15 minutes. And that is sacrosanct. We're not going to go over it. People are more than welcome to schedule a meeting at, you know, 1501 if they want to start the next meeting and, and it's expected. Quite frankly, our updates in those standups run maybe six or seven minutes total. And we save the second half of those meetings for something called the parking lot. So if someone brings something up and they need to discuss it, we can discuss it in the parking lot. If it gets bigger than that, then yes, we could schedule a meeting to, you know, to discuss whatever that other issue is and do a, a more proper deep dive. But what we've noticed is that's very rarely needed because we have those planning meetings. In the planning meeting, those can run an hour, hour and a half. In those planning meetings, again, we're kind of working through all the different nuances of whatever those tasks are. And, you know, people kind of have a good sense at that point. So I feel like having the daily standup has really eliminated a number of meetings uh, for our company. Awesome. Um, how would a more traditional human resources or operational standpoint kind of fall into all of this? Well, I think it really comes back to, it comes back to your personality as 
a business owner and, and being true to yourself and asking the question, are you a leader or are you a manager? If you're a manager, then working remotely is probably going to be much more difficult, especially if you're the type of manager who's going to not just delegate, but really micromanage. In that case, you're going to be miserable. You're absolutely going to be because you can't force people to do things exactly the way you want, exactly on your time frame. That's just not going to be a thing. For me, what I found, I actually tell my team, I'm the worst manager that they'll ever have. <laughs> it's kind of, they always laugh at it, but it's true. I, I absolutely hate managing people. I also tell them it's a very bad day if, if you find me managing you. <laughs> it probably means you're not going to be with us much longer uh, because I don't want to talk about things like, were you here on time? And, you know, did you submit your PTO or, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I'm not that kind of person. For me, I want to deal in the big picture. I want to figure out what is it that we're trying to accomplish. I want to communicate that to our team and, and really talk to the why. I mean, I think Simon Sinek, if you guys have heard uh, any of his talks, but really the, you know, if you can get to the why and just continue to drill that home, I feel like remote work is, can be an incredible, incredible opportunity for your company. Yeah. So I'll just throw in a quick plug there. We actually did a podcast episode on starting with why. So uh, I do just want to throw that out there. If you guys haven't heard it, definitely check it out. But to your point, I mean, 100% correct. Um, and I guess that kind of ties into our last little topic that we'll talk about is inspiring people, right? You know, it's one thing to, like you said, be able to walk by someone's office and have a chat and get excited about things. But, you know, when you don't see someone maybe for, you know, a very long time and you're, you know, you're only chatting back and forth through email or things like that, it can definitely be a challenge to motivate your team, right? Inspire them, get them excited about certain things. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I can tell you just at a micro level, just with our team, you know, our software is used by association members nationwide and chambers of commerce and other industry associations, their members use our software to interact with those beloved organizations that uh, they're members of. And the way that our team will yardstick our impact on the world, we look at the number of members served. And right now, our big goal is to triple the number of members served in the next two years. And that's how they see it. So they're not looking at money, they're not looking at their, their own time. They're not looking, really, they're looking at the, the, the true impact of their work on the people that are eventually using that software. And I think if you can get your, you know, maybe you are, maybe you're a, a, a doctor and you've got, you know, nurses that are working for you, just remind them just how important their interactions with those patients are. Um, you know, or if you, I mean, they're just, so many different, I mean, people have a why. People have those whys. You need to uncover those whys and remind folks of them day in and day out. And if you do that, when they're at home by themselves and they have that temptation to do something different or to, to pursue your why and your, your, your collective why, then they'll do that because that, they want their life to be meaningful. Well said. Um, and I think with that, we'll end on one last question. And I'd like to ask this uh, to you, Pete, but I think everyone in general as well is, what do you see as the future 
of working remotely or hybrid working. You know, it like you said, it's definitely evolved over the last couple of years because of everything that's happened. But you know, do we consider? Do we? Do you think? Do we think that this trend is going to continue? Do we think it's going to be the norm moving forward? Well, I'll tell you. Before COVID, I had a few enterprising engineers, the software developers, who took jobs with us specifically so that they could travel the world. We had folks who wanted to go to Europe, wanted to go to South America. They wanted to just travel the United States. And people sort of looked at them a few years ago and said, man, I wish I could be them. And with the pandemic, I think many of us have realized, yes, we can do it. It's just a matter of doing it. So I think you're gonna see more and more uh, folks either enter the remote work space or, or continue to, to be in it so that they can take advantage of that travel uh, and, and really have some amazing life experiences. And I think that's, that's the future is more of what we've already just started to uncover we can do. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Pete, for joining us. Um, if our listeners out there have any more questions on working remotely or if they want to follow up with you about maybe certain processes or things that worked with them, um, how can they you know, best get a hold of you? Absolutely. Feel free to email me at Pete, P-E-T-E at noviams.com. That's N-O-V-I-A-M-S.com. Awesome. And of course, I will put that in the description as well. Pete, thank you so much. Thank you. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, make sure to click that subscribe button so you never miss another show. Join other professionals looking to grow their business with Southwest Florida Inc. at swflinc.com and sign up for a free membership today. Thanks so much for listening to Business Builders. We'll see you next time.